3: Welcome to Building Sustainability Podcast with me, your host, Geoffrey Hart, aka Geoffrey the Natural Builder. Every fortnight, join me as I talk to designers, builders, makers, dreamers and doers, exploring the wide world of sustainability in the built environment by talking to wonderful people who are doing excellent things. All right, it's episode 85 with Gervais Mangwana. This is the concluding part to our three part series, uh, this time focusing on airtightness. Uh, the first part, episode 83, was talking about Gervais' retrofit and a bit of his backstory. 84 is about ventilation and how deep to retrofit. Um, it might make the most amount of sense to, uh, to listen to those first, but I think you can probably plow straight into this. If airtightness is the thing you want to know about. Um so this episode was actually uh it came from a tweet I put out uh with my airtightness results for my tiny house. I couldn't work out if they were very good or not. Um I was a bit confused, I was a bit felt a bit let down by the the airtightness testing outfit that I'd used. Um and so and that's what spawned this whole conversation with Gervais was uh, was actually him reassuring me that maybe I'd had done a good thing and also wanted to explain how the the different readings are, are sort of different and how they are biased against little houses like mine so i should warn you that this episode contains live maths i have edited out some of the the little number punching uh bits uh but i've left some in hopefully enough so that you can understand uh what is being calculated um final reminder for the pack basket competition If you become a Patreon supporter of this podcast in August, you go into the draw to win a lovely backpack. It's a hand-woven backpack. Uh, It was woven by me. Uh, I think they're very charming objects. Um, Hopefully you do too. And you want to support the podcast and be in with a chance to win. Uh, This is also open to any existing Patreon supporters. If they want to increase their support, then they can be uh, in the draw too. Okay, that's it. I've recorded all these intros at the same time, and I've got a dry mouth from all this talking. I'm back very briefly at the end. Enjoy Gervais. And be mindful that there might be a few little swears. Mm -hmm.
2: I just did um, so. I did a flurry of air tests for the RHI, mm-hmm. um, the new build. So, like, I didn't even realise. I don't know why I wasn't doing them much before, but the RHI ended. Renewable Heat Incentive ended on uh, March the thirty first, and so a lot of new builds were requiring an air test as part of their SAP count, which they required in order for the MCS uh, microgeneration certification system scheme. Um, for them to be able to get this heat pump. So they're all in this massive hurry. Um, and it was, it was really interesting because it's not sort of air tightness test work I normally do. I normally do retrofit stuff where I'm like test before, maybe test during to see how it's going, test afterwards to get the result or passive house new build, which is test during to find out, yes, it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, you want to make it a bit more incredibly brilliant. Let's do that. And then completion test for certification. Um, so, yeah, I don't generally do bog standard new build. Um so I did three. The first one was an old builder who built himself a place. He did have an MDHR. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a recognizably good unit, but he had MDHR. So he wanted to be good. So he'd done some notional work himself on airtightness. Don't know what he was doing. He wasn't using fancy tapes or anything, but he'd thought about it a bit and done some. Yeah. And he got a permeability of about three, which is, you know, it's okay um but you know i showed him all the sockets were leaking a lot of his quite expensive doors but not you know not high-end doors but he had a lot of glazing aluminium quite a lot of them weren't you know they were quite bad so i showed him that went to another one same day actually another place architect had said to them you don't want an mvhr so they didn't have one she now thought i wish we'd had mvhr but wasn't getting it but the guy who was doing the sap had told them well you don't want it to be too low the airtightness because otherwise you really should have a different type of ventilation And they only had intermittent in there. so they were like please don't make our house too airtight <laughs> that ended up being about a three as well builder there i'm now trying to engage into retrofit work because as soon as i showed him he was like well i can totally see that but nobody told me how to make it airtight or to make it airtight. You know, mm. the, the architect just gave me some outline drawings. I've just built a building to Rex, you know, I just, you know, but I get it. I get it. I totally get it. And I can also see how easily I could have done something about it. I can't do anything about it now. It's too late. Yeah. So I came away from those two, like missed opportunities, really. You know, it's like these people could have made their houses way, way better without with very little effort, really. You know, like, it, it wouldn't have taken, wouldn't have added to the budget significantly really not significantly mm. not compared to the seven pound staircase that was going in when i got there <laughs> and then the final one i did was um a lady who'd sort of built the house her not herself exactly but an amazing amazing place like just so amazing i can't tell you too much about it because um i don't want it to be recognized but um she had insulated a lot and she'd had very, very good InterNorm triple glaze windows. But she'd taken it over from the architect at a point where it was going to building. She'd sort of mm. she wanted to control. She definitely didn't want mechanical ventilation. So she but she did have fans in all her bathrooms because you've got to have something. It's part F. You can't, you know, you can't yeah. you can't not. Um so she did have it. She just didn't want it. And uh and the airtightness was nine. It was you know, it wouldn't, the regs are changing in July and it wouldn't have met regs. So she had this amazingly insulated triple glazed house that was leaky as, you know, it was, it was, I've I'd, I'd, I'd never seen a new build as bad as that.
3: Yeah. You know? Do you know what? I heard a story just yesterday. Uh, it's, a, it was a hempcrete house and there was something where it was a difficult build. I think it was in like a really tight space and they sort of had to build it backwards um but they wanted to have these beams on show and um and so they and they also wanted the hempcrete on show uh mm-hmm. and they did an air tightness test that came in at 30 I don't
2: yeah. I don't even know how that's possible
3: I that's just that's just a, like a, a windy barn isn't it that's I mean, I, uh... but he said that a he, uh, he plastered over the, all the hempcrete and it got it down to just below 10
2: um Wow. Because yeah, I've tested I... hemcrete. Uh no, diethanite. Diethnite. And we we tried to do a test to see if the diethanite was leaking. A retrofit in owl And we concluded that it was it was all right. Mm. It wasn't leaking at all. We think because we tested it before the finish had gone on. Yeah. Um but we couldn't we couldn't Yeah, we couldn't kind of ascertain whether it was leaking in in of itself. I mean that got I think we got down to about one or below one in any way overall so we decided the diathomite wasn't a problem
3: yeah i think there's a difference between spraying hemp and placing it um
2: i think
1: the
3: the spray kind of basically puts a a plaster down first yes and that that's a sealing coat uh whereas yeah placing it it goes in a lot drier and is my my very limited understanding of
2: yeah and it's perhaps not as compact in the end is it may uh well it can't be too uh, or is it no, perhaps more is it prone to voids?
3: Potentially. Yeah. I don't I'm, know much too much about it. I yeah, I'm I'm beyond my knowledge level. I'm just, but, i just mean <laughs> to
2: get you know, I mean even ten is like is so bad. Is ten is that, so bad.
3: The 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 example um Lucy Peddler gave for the from Future Boom. Future, yes, was it future proof? Yeah. Yeah. She said um that it's a hole the size of a cash machine in your house.
2: Well, it depends a bit on your house, but yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think yeah, average house.
2: Yeah, 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 and it's yeah. I mean, you know, membranes and all, but you know, I'm testing regularly, testing passive houses now, and they're just they're not difficult to do. Mm. They're they're just the guys that design them and the guys that build them. Just know what they're doing and yes. so they you know they're designed with that in mind and they're they'd be gutted to get anything over point two
3: right really
2: you know it's yeah yeah you know it's it's around a sort of point one if they can just easily get to point one you know point one point one five that's you know well i say easily that's probably doing them the service but you know they take care over what they do yes and you know they've got a system and they designed with the air tightness layer as a major design informing um driver so you know it's not it it, it's just it's just intrinsic to the design
3: i think that's something i realized from my build was that yeah it needs to be kind of you need to be thinking about it at all points um yeah it needs to really be like your focus um which i found particularly well i've i've you know dropped a few balls on this build i think just because it's just me building it on my own i think yeah there's yeah. a huge yeah you know, here are my excuses uh <laughs> just you know there's a lot of things to, to keep in your head and um and sometimes air tightness wasn't the top one which um which has led to it not being as tight as i i wanted
2: i still think you did pretty well though where did you get to
3: well here's the thing and this is sort of part of the conversation i want to have um permeability permeability
2: permeability yeah
3: permeability was 0.99
2: you did that off your um off your internal envelope
3: no that's what the they they sent me
2: oh okay right because so so, they did they did it off your internal envelope
3: yes but i'm not sure how well i don't know how good 0.99 is um i know certainly there was is it yeah yeah I mean, I found loads of leaks when I was... Well, not loads, like five different leaking points when we were testing it. And, you know, they're all fixed up now. Um, But, yeah.
2: So it's now better than 0.99?
3: Yes. Yeah, it will be, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, so permeability versus air changes now, that's basically what we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, it, It depends on the tester that you used. So... Permeability is the way that we do it in the regs in this country. Like sometimes I call them British regs, and then people tell me there aren't any British regs. Um, so there's the English regs. It's probably the English. There's English regs. I think there's Welsh regs are different. Scottish regs are different. So let's say the English regs. Um, but it's it's basically ATMA, which I'm going to be ashamed not to know the acronym of. But that's the air t- air testing lot. um that's that's the protocol and we do it on permeability and that is so you're pressurizing or depressurizing and very soon pressurizing and depressurizing um which we have to do in passive house already but we didn't have to do in uk regs um to a difference of 50 pascals between inside and outside 50 pascals of pressure difference between inside and outside that's our that's our test point measure unless you use the now accepted Pulse testing method when it's four pascals between the inside and outside, but for a blower door test, it's 50 pascals. And what that what the result gives you actually is a flow rate of air that is required to maintain that pressure difference Mm -hmm. in in meters cubed per hour. And so you can then do with that what you will. And the two metrics that are most often used, although the Canadians do it slightly differently as well. Um, is either you do it into the envelope of the house or you do it into the volume of the house.
1: Mm.
2: And if you do it into the volume of the house, then you've got your metres cubed um, going into your metres cubed per hour. So you get one over hours, and that's air changes per hour. So it's how many times does the volume of the house change in an hour at 50 pascals, right? Yeah. <laughs> And that's what Passive House uses. And Passive House uses a strict volume, actually. So I don't know whether they gave you that, or whether it was the way that it's done.
3: All I got was those two numbers: the air air changes and air permeability.
2: All right. So it depends on whether, depends on what sort of regime they're using. Um, So Passive House, the UK regs just requires the permeability. That's done off a very simple internal surface area so the area of the walls the area of the floor and the area of the roof and it it doesn't include things like going around chimney breasts or um you know or even you know maybe bays if they're sort of beyond a certain kind of size or but uh-huh. not into window reveals it's just a, a simple box you get in you can measure the house up very easily in most cases that's the that's for the the area mm-hmm. and you do tend to mention the volume as well as part of the process, but it's not the measure that's required in new payments. So in passive house, you take out, so you, you take the volume of the house, internal volume of the house, and then you remove from it all the walls, the floors, chimney breasts. Um, yeah. And anything that kind of takes up space in the house. And mm-hmm. what that does is make the volume smaller, and in making the volume smaller, it makes it harder to reach the target
3: right. okay yeah?
2: it, they even actually, and I got caught out on this on my passive house training they um they include a full ceiling as being the limit of the house. So the question we got all got in our exam when I did it was this kind of fake full ceiling in a room which wasn't even airtight to the to the rest of. It. so there's like, tiles on a, on posts dropped down from a ceiling kind of <clears throat> yeah but there was loads of space around them and we were only supposed to include the volume below that those those tiles which to me is ludicrous and yeah. to nick grant was ludicrous as well and i failed it so i, I was the only professional air tester on the course and i we all failed the question by the way everybody on the course failed it so we we've actually sort of nick grant's written got got in touch with lots of people and we've written to the Passage institute and said you know, we don't agree with this methodology. Um, and that's only one of the reasons why. Um, and we'll get onto that in a minute. So that's that's the way the passive house does it. The smallest volume, which makes it hard. Yeah. And the target is 0.6 for passive house and one for uh, Enerfit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ACB standards use the same methodology. I think it's 1.5 for new build ACB building standard and two for the ACB retrofit standard
3: and so that is so 0.6 is the air changes. air changes
2: that's the air changes on this passive house volume with the yeah. with everything removed so it's likely the air changes that per hour that you were given unless he was using a passive house volume which is unlikely unless he was a sort of specialist passive house which he might have been
3: he definitely wasn't
2: <laughs> right then so then he's probably used a simple volume which is all of your house now that i can see your house has not got many walls in it no but it's also quite small so those walls will form a you know decent chunk of it Mm. so the air changes is actually probably slightly worse than what he gave you um in terms of it being a passive house measure so actually the permeability is the more accurate if you like figure. so the permeability is a function of the surface area of the house and i just think this is a better way to measure air tightness it's how much flow is going through per meter squared of the envelope that is where the air is going. It's going out of the envelope. Yeah. On average, how much is it going out of it? Yeah, that's permeability, right? Rather than how many times is it changing? (laughs) And the crucial difference between them is that permeability is is irrespective of the size of the property or the shape of it to an extent. Um, It's just a measure of, how leaky is every square meter of your house yeah whereas air changes per hour favors large buildings massively because because the air is leaking through those square meters and the larger the building gets the let's get this the right way around the the bigger the ratio of volume to surface area gets which is right. okay yeah yeah so my mum always says, when I say about this sort of thing, she says, we, we think about it in terms of heating, mm-hmm. but it's an elephant versus a mouse. Yeah. So an elephant doesn't struggle to keep itself warm as much as mouse stuff because its volume to surface area ratio is higher. Yeah. So effectively, by doing it by air changes, you're kind of favouring large houses just on that, on that one. Uh, on that one factor and, and the space heat demand is done by per square meter of floor area so you know to an extent that's irrelevant that's that's irrespective of size as well so in a way you could argue that the passive house methodology favors large buildings which we mm. don't really want to do
3: yeah small buildings and it's more definitely
2: efficient. yeah it definitely definitely disadvantages very small houses like yours right, like mine you know incredibly challenging because your, you know, your surface area to remind me what size your place is.
3: Uh, so it's point one by six point six.
2: And how high is it?
3: Three meters internal. At the pitch. At the pitch, yeah.
2: And what about the oh. eaves?
3: Oh, it is two. Uh, hang on, I'm going to get the tape
2: measure. <laughs> live, <laughs> live like, maths, live maths. right so average of that is 2.6 we're doing live maths here (laughs) live measuring as well live (laughs) measuring and live maths. that's that's going to
3: translate well to podcast audio
2: yeah brilliant so your (laughs) volume is 51.5 meters cubed um
3: it is slightly slightly confusing because i've got a change in roof pitch halfway through my house
2: let's just let's say it's 50 we'll keep it simple yeah Yeah. um we're also gonna have to do something a little bit funky with the roof but i'm gonna have to do this quite quickly obviously you can edit this out can't you yeah
3: yeah due
2: to the the reveal at the end so you've got a surface area of is 74 square meters Uh and your volume is 51 square meters so your surface area is significantly larger than your um, significantly larger than your volume
3: i see i get it's all become clear now yes
2: yep yeah 74 divided by 51 is 1.45 so yeah your your surface area to volume ratio is 1.45 many 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 houses are roughly parity Right. You know, a, a lot of them, most of them are much bigger than yours, but I, I regularly do this stuff. So I get both measurements mm-hmm. um, in the simple case, anyway, to forget in the passive house volume for a minute. Um, so most houses are kind of more than 200 cubes big and like up to sort of 400. And unless they're a very weird shape, the surface area and the volume are roughly the same. I think I'm right in saying that a six meter cube box has exactly the same because it's got six sides. Yeah. I think I think I'm right in saying that it's so six times six times six is two hundred and sixteen. So that would be the volume of it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got six, six by six squares. So that is also six by six times six. So a six meter cube box has got exactly the same volume as it has surface area. Right. Now that's a very Uniform shape. So that, that's real a, bit of a factor. Yeah. yeah. That's a bit of a factor. But a 10 square meter, so like 10 times 10, that's going to be just ridiculously huge, isn't it? No, I've I've been in houses that are a thousand cubic meters, right? So a 10 a box that's 10 by 10 by 10 has got 10 times 10. It's got six of those. So it's got six hundred square meters of wall. And a thousand cubes. Okay, yeah. So, so you're it's going the other direction. Of, there. gone the other direction. Yeah. So it's its surface area to volume ratio is zero point six. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're doing the permeability of that house, you're dividing the flow rate by six hundred, and when you're doing the air changes, you're dividing by thousand. So the air change rate is much better.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So what was the What was the air changes for your place? uh 1.87 that suggests to me that he might have taken something out because we've just worked out the ratio at 1.45 and those two that should be the ratio Mm. of between your two values if you've got 0.99 for your permeability your simple sort of uk regs air changes should be 1.45
3: oh i see Yeah, yeah of course
2: but because it's worse than that, I suggest that the volume was even smaller still. So you may actually have taken out—I don't know—you may have taken out the thing without seeing the numbers. It's a bit hard to say. Yeah, and, is that um,
3: is that the sort of thing that um, that I could get from them?
2: Because I was expecting a full like report.
3: No. You would
2: get—you would have got one from me. Yeah, let me tell you.
3: <laughs> well, do you know what? This is the thing I wanted to talk about because I my previous air, t- air t- tightness experience is in yeah. your house done right. by you yeah and that's sort of what i thought i was going to get right and right what yeah. i actually got and no discredit to the the guy yeah I, he he said it was the best result he'd ever seen yeah for a start. um and he wasn't really that interested in properly sealing up the building like the the vents yeah you know, his his thing was going and testing like bulk homes uh where they just wanted to he like,
2: wasn't he wasn't oh, interested in sealing the vents, though.
3: Not particularly. Not to, a like, a standard where it wasn't a bit leaky.
2: Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that would be fairly standard, yeah. I mean, and that's because in a bog standard, large, or much larger than your home, um, a bit leaky air vent's not really going to make much difference. Right. You know? It's, it's, it's
3: quite a big, big factor in mine.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, no, you want to seal it. Yeah, no, I mean... I mean, you'll have seen the door as well. It's, yeah. it's not the best seal, is it? No. <laughs> so I kind of get this. I know when, um, so the godfather of air testing, low energy air testing in this country is Paul um, Jennings. Mm-hmm. And um, he does Mike Whitfield's houses. And they, they've got a system where there's a smaller fan and Mike will make up a ply panel that fits that fan and he'll put it into a window. Right. Um, somehow they fit it into a window opening somehow.
3: Yeah. And
2: and so that can be just properly sealed. Whereas the blower door thing itself is 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 inherently quite leaky. And my understanding of this, all this kit was designed in Canada and America some time ago. It hasn't been changed. There's only two brands. There's only yeah. two blower door systems in the world. And they're both one of them's Canadian, one of them's American. And my understanding is that they they accepted the fact that the door fan was a bit leaky in itself around the edges because mm. doors were so it yeah. was like <laughs> it was like, well, this is kind of like the door that's there. So, you know, but you know, things have changed since then. So um last mm. one I did, you know, they always have a bit of my, my builders have a bit of a mutter about, you know, what about the door? Um so last time we taped we take the door frame into the door as well. Right, okay. And tried to you know to try to get a bit rid of as much of that as possible. Yeah. So yeah, I mean you should get a report from them. Okay. Like he'll have used a piece of software that spits out a report. You should get, you know, you okay. should at least get the flow rate. Yeah. But yeah. if you've got the flow rate, then you can do your own calcs.
3: And that's, that's I think, what I want to do. I mean, there is a whole load of other things. Like we deliberately didn't seal up the, um, the stove because I wanted to know what actually is, you know, my interest was not about passing a test. It was about making the building as best as it could be. Um, so I wanted it to be a real life test.
2: It was a closed on the stove, though, obviously.
3: Yes. Stove is, is sort of closed down. It's just, um, maybe, I mean, maybe I've
2: approached this in the wrong way. No, I mean, you haven't. It's like, so there's two methods of testing method A and method B. Um, method B, uh, is the one that we use for regs because it's testing the actual fabric. Mm-hmm. And that means sealing up all intentional penetrations. Okay. Which would include your stove and your fans and any trickle vents.
3: Yeah, don't have trickle
2: vents. No, you wouldn't. But, you know, in a normal house, Mm -hmm. conventional house. Thanks for that word. I'm going to use that a lot. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And method A is the kind of as found situation, which is really useful. Definitely, because that's that's how the house is performing. So you've kind of you've you've definitely done a bit of a hybrid because mm. your fans are there as well. So you've sealed your fans up, but you've not sealed your first over. I yeah. And and what the modeling software does is it it knows, you know, it works out how much the ventilation is doing. Mm. And so that's a ventilation loss, it's separate. And and then it makes assumptions about what a stove is doing yeah how leaky it is in the case of sap it also you know air bricks and um and any other flues and what whatever Mm -hmm. um and some stuff about kind of how high the building is so that you know whether it's making a stack in and on itself
3: that kind of stuff
2: and how exposed it is you know how many sides are sheltered that kind of thing all that kind of goes into an overall Mm. infiltration and ventilation losses it all gets fudged together into a into a big loss um, or, or a small loss if you've done your work right. So I don't think you've done it wrong. I, um, from my point of view, you know a stove is is leaky. Um, I, I'm just interested in how well you've done the airtightness in your. Well, me too.
3: Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's probably.
2: And now you don't know.
3: Now I don't know.
2: no. no. It's pretty hard to seal stoves.
3: Is it? Well, but it's a direct air. I mean, as you'd expect, um, ah, it's all, all grommeted in and out. Oh well, in
2: that case, don't worry about it. Oh really? I should be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's presumably, should be pretty well sealed to the room then. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I would have thought
3: so. I'm not. It's sort of a bit out of my knowledge.
2: And you, and you yeah see, if I'd been there, we would have been finding out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should have got to do my. Uh,
0: so well yeah i'm not sure
2: if i could have come down so I, I do have a kind of i'm lovely as it would have been to come to an ex-
0: well i don't know yeah.
2: um i'll bear it in mind if i'm ever down that way because yeah when i've got the fan on board yeah well i mean it's fun to be... do more yeah um but you know that's what you do really no that's it's totally justified not sealing the fan then because it's supposed to be in on of itself airtight yeah so no, you've done the right thing there, absolutely. You've done a method B test, you've closed up open fans. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, you'd assume that it's not too not too bad. It's a it's it's meant to not it's meant to be sealed to the room, isn't it? So
3: Yeah. I mean I, I definitely didn't know whether I should be happy, sad, or or what with my results. Um is I mean I, I had in my head air changes uh of you know 0. 0.6 is is like the gold standard, you know um so on one hand i was pretty miffed to to be fairly far from that but also you know now understanding that that's maybe not the most most applicable or fairest well, way to test my house
2: fair fair that is that is absolutely right it's just not fair mm. like you're you're like the 0.6 target which is pretty arbitrary anyway let's face it um is is very hard to achieve in a very small home Mm. you know it's much much harder to do it than in a normal sized home so that 0.6 was chosen not with 50 cubes of air in mind not in the slightest you know it was in with with places at least four five six times bigger than that in mind so you know don't i think to achieve an air permeability of 0.99 0.99 mm. um let's call that one no we can call it 0.99 let's call it 0.99 it'll make you sub, sub one sub one yeah <laughs> Well, and this is the thing is like you identified significant leaks
3: yeah
2: and you sealed them
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah so you know you're definitely sub one on the permeability aren't you um and like i say for normal buildings there's a kind of parity yeah. So you can kind yeah. of think of it, you know, if it was a normal building, you'd be about the same for air changes an hour. The only reason it's not is because you're in a very small building. Yeah. So it was yeah. a kind of classic example of, of where, um, you know, you're in, a, you're in an extreme in terms of the form. Um, and I had this conversation with somebody about about um, uh, Sylvan's trailer. It's, yeah. You, know, you You're kind of up against it with the heat loss as well. And yet the heat loss itself is actually very small because Mm. it's very small. So, you know, you don't need to kind of get too worked up about it. And actually, you know, how how are you going to heat it if it's, you know, you're going to find a heater that's small enough. I mean, you must have a very small wood-burning stove, don't you?
3: I have small wood-burning. It's Well, it's four kilowatt, uh, which is, I mean, I've just run it for a very short amount of time. Right, it It's very easy to go too hot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sure yeah. yeah and then it's kind of like the canal boats and i'm suddenly opening all the windows
2: yeah it's log is it presumably?
3: yes yeah, yeah
2: yeah it's not modulatable that's the problem isn't it really you can't you just get what you get yes yeah. and you've got almost no thermal mass so
3: basically well yeah i mean i have i went for wood fiber insulation because i wanted a bit of thermal mass yeah yeah and then i've got cork cork on the walls all oh, right think, yeah has a yeah. little bit of mass. You know, it's not. Yeah. It's not anywhere near like a you know like your house or. A, yeah. I'm not used much. to. It's like slapping in a, a big earth floor. There's none of that. No. I right, I was considering doing a little, kind of brick, brick or cob surround on my stove just to be yeah. a, bit a, a bit of a heat store.
2: Yeah, that would be a nice idea, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, some of them come with, don't they? There are some. So where did you get your direct air? Who's your director of Sto- That
3: is a salt fire.
2: Salt fire? Yeah, it's
3: the salt fire scout.
2: Scout, okay. And it's More the, the
3: reason that one is because it's got, it's only 100 mil to combustibles on the back. Um. So it's got a real it's sort of designed oh, for, right. for very yeah, small yeah. spaces.
2: Okay, right. With burning stuff nearby. Yeah, exactly. Right. A big timber,
3: yeah, cool. well, a little timber box that you want
2: tinder Tinder box
3: yes well yeah you could it that
2: yeah so i think you know we've covered permeability versus air changes which is like it's really important message to get across i think especially for people who are interested in tiny homes Mm. is you know permeability is a much better um measure of air tightness it's much more useful one less depressing
3: and what are the limits for permeability in terms of Sort of building regs and I've
2: just uh I've just written a piece for the ACB about this. So um the way that the regs work with with most of the metrics for energy is that they've got a backstop, which is you you shouldn't go worse than this. Mm-hmm. And then the way I understand it is like there's a notional house. So there's a notional house which says, okay, let's put this, which you can sort of think of as be- best practice, so, I suppose. Um, but the whole thing kind of gets thrown into a full calc and ends up with at the moment what is an emissions target, so you know you can kind of win over there and lose lose over there so the backstop for airtightness is at the moment is ten right which is awful yeah like i mean i I've been doing social housing stuff in Northampton houses are built in nineteen twenty two and and you know are not that well maintained. They are solid brick, and but they've still got some suspended timber floor as well in them, and and some of them were like four or five. You know, so are hundred year old houses that aren't in great nick mm. are like twice weren't as good. Designed
3: as the, for for air. Tightness. Weren't designed
2: for airtightness at all. No, no. Um, are twice as good as as the the backstop for the for the UK regs. Um They have increased that. Oh, sorry they've decreased it i've made it better mm-hmm. uh, as of july to eight which i think is wholly unambitious
3: is that a deliberate pun Holy,
2: uh, yes ambitious. i suppose it is yeah yeah thanks yeah. Very, yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it was completely unintentional thanks for spotting it <laughs> um oh my goodness i'm gutted now that i didn't spot that in the um <laughs> in the piece i wrote um yeah so that but i understand the sort of the notional value is five and I've always heard that. So, I, I, and I don't think that's changed. I think five is kind of considered best practice. Mm-hmm. And again, I just think it's, I think it's, I think it's awful because I think it's really unambitious. And I did, so I did a little exercise. I used because I can use the SAP tool that we have, and because the UK regs is done off SAP. I sort of said, "What's, what is, um, it, it, if you kind of use the notional house, which has a set of U values as well." So if you plug in sort of some notional, I can't remember what I did, but some notional house size with a notional amount of windows, you know, a certain amount of glazing, some of it south facing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Basically, I had a house that had one window on each side that was quite big. (laughs) So they kind of got the shading and the and the and the um, and the solar gains and stuff in it as well. Stuck a couple of people in it. Made the air tightness eight. Made the air tightness five. um, Put in some part F ventilation you know regulation ventilation in it and um the the biggest loss if you have the air tightness at five the biggest loss overall not the walls not the windows not the floors nothing it's the air tightness and it, and i think if you put the if you put the ventilation and the air together air tightness together i think it accounted for nearly you know 40 or 50 percent of the of the overall losses so you know, it's sort of kind of weird, like, deliberately building buildings with this this target that is, you know. And like, and like I said, I went to two places where they really didn't know what they were doing, hadn't really had much of a go at it, and they got to three. Mm. So why, why you know, why, why aren't we aiming higher than that? Yeah. Especially when, you know, people can do it, design it, and do it at 0.2 without really, it doesn't cost a fortune,
3: mm.
2: you know so to me five is is ridiculous i mean eight's really ridiculous sorry eight is completely ridiculous five pretty still pretty ridiculous yeah
3: if is, am i right in thinking if you just sealed up the building to, to point two without addressing any sort of insulation or anything like that like what that the 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 improvement in performance would be quite a quite a big jump
2: if you got it to 0.2 yeah I mean, especially if you could manage to get MBHR in as well, yeah. Um, which is sort of unlikely. I mean, this is the, this sort of speak. Yeah, you, you'd, yeah, you'd, you'd have a big, I wish I had some numbers to hand. Um,
3: Sorry, I've just kind of surprised you with that.
2: No, with a, with a factual question. Yeah, and I, I should really. Um, it does vary from house to house, but typically it's sort of probably in the 10 to 20, the air tightness is 10 to 20% of the losses. Mm. the heat loss Um, probably it does depend very much on the house type Um, and then if you take it down to 0.2 that's pretty much eliminated it's gone effectively Um, the reality is you can't do that Mm. Um, well I mean you wouldn't do that so one of the exercises we've been looking at is getting down to two which is 10 times worse than 0.2 yeah Um, but you know four times better than eight and two and a half times better than five. Yeah. And it's the retrofit. This is I'm talking in retrofit here. This is the retrofit ACB retrofit standard. So it was like if you we were looking at a cavity wall play. So if the cavity wall's been filled, it's got loft insulation, you get the air tightness down to two, but you don't do the walls and you put some insulation in, does it make sense to have a heat pump on it? That was basically the kind of mm-hmm. question that was was coming up. And and it and it does, it does make sense to do that. But what we found in doing the social housing schemes that um, I've been involved in is, because uh, I've, I've just been really involved in the air tightness testing in, in one particular scheme, um, and where they have been doing the walls and they have been doing the windows and they've been doing some stuff in the lofts, um, but they're not doing the floors, is actually they're going to find it really hard to make much improvement at all to the airtightness because you can't get people out. So they're still living in these houses in there.
3: Oh, get them out as in to do the work.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, so doing significant airtightness work really does, you need to kind of get into the nitty, nitty, nitty gritty. You can do some draft proofing work, you know, but you've kind of got, you've kind of got to do quite a lot of work to, to get down to two even, to get down to 0.2. You know, you, you have to, if you're starting from scratch or you've gone back to the skin, like mm. I did here. So this place I got to 0.3. A retrofit. I got to zero point three, That's which is great. it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But you know, it was thought about and you know designed in, and it was completely stripped out. It was totally and utterly gutted. It was a mm-hmm. you know it was a carcass for a long time, and and at that point, it's you know it, there are some challenges still, but but you can see what they are, so you can deal with them. If you can't see what they are you're you're always kind of chasing around chasing shadows and you know like the big ones in houses are between the floors so you know you've got joists going into pockets in walls usually those walls haven't got any kind of plaster on them between the floors um and if it's into a cavity you know
3: it's
2: you, you don't know where's it coming from you know where, where what to, do you
3: do in those scenarios
2: well you have to have the floors you have to you have to cut out a bit of the floor and get something down between That's the, right, the only way because you, you know, you could argue. Let's okay, let's seal the floor above and seal the floor below. But you're still then letting wind pass backwards mm. and forwards across the house. You know, you're kind of having a cool floor in the middle of your house. It's probably still a bit better, but it is a bit better. But it's still not. You know, it's still not. You know, and and the air tightness result would actually be look better. But you'd still have a cold slab of floor potentially in a windy day in an yeah. exposed site on a cold day between the two It's Kind of floors. just like
3: having a an un- uninsulated wall, isn't it? Just
2: in, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's the sort of, thermal bypass straight through the middle of your house. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And the same with suspended timber floors. It's very hard to to deal with them. Although at least then you can try and deal with the top deck. So you know, if you're not, if you don't want to have exposed floorboards, you can you know go to town on that and go to town on the edges. But mm-hmm. you can't really do that without all the stuff coming out. And in social housing, they they there not really a stomach for getting tenants to do that or, you know, taking people out of their community for significant periods of time or rehousing them, which is on the stock owner, you know, on the housing associations to, to deal with. So we're starting to accept that five might be the most realistic target for that. And, and then you start to realise that, well, actually you are going to have to do some more to the fabric in order to get them down. And social housing is the area where we feel probably we should be making the biggest attempt to reduce demand because those are the people who are least able to pay for the bills mm. whereas all the you know able to pay market you know that we can kind of accept that they should get on a heat pump because they probably use more energy anyway because they probably heat a bit longer apart from the very conscientious ones um, and they can probably afford the bills more so you know let's let's get them on a heat pump for the least possible but let's do a bit more to the social housing
3: i'm not sure if this is scotland but my understanding was that if you get beyond three permeability of three then that's the point you have to have mechanical ventilation
2: is that i should know this shouldn't i um <laughs> if you want to look it up and, i i i think i think it's i think it's not that i think it's that beyond three you have to have continuous
3: that's that sounds like it yeah because i i remember before i in my days of thinking that natural ventilation was um
2: acceptable. i remember those days myself yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah um i i was like aiming for just less than uh just more than three because right yeah. i th- i th- i was in that camp of thinking um you know whole house ventilation was in some way bad
2: well in, in some ways it is bad do you want to expand on on that well it depends on the technology uh-huh yeah so you're reliant on something that can go wrong mm-hmm and there's a capital expenditure for it, and it uses energy. So, you know, in comparison to um, doing nothing at all <laughs> and opening some windows when you feel like it, mm. um, you know, there are some significant disadvantages. I get it. You know, it's yeah. And and if you if you're the kind of person, as most people are, who aren't not very tech savvy, I mean, I, intermittent the intermittent um, extract strategy is probably accounts for 95 percent of the ventilation in the country maybe a bit well in theory it does anyway Mm -hmm. but in reality when i go to people's houses most of their bathroom fans either don't work or they're not used yeah Uh, it's so
3: thick in like fur and gunk
2: yeah interestingly the social housing ones they've got a lot of them they all because they've all been through a scheme Mm. you know which the housing association got money for so they a lot of them have got continuous extract single point continuous extract and they are in a bit of a state a lot of them but a lot of them were well used and a really interesting thing so in those houses which were tight and they were like four like i said those people had their trickle vents open and they their fans working Mm. they inherently knew that their house was not drafty and that they needed to appropriately ventilate it they didn't know it they were like you know, in, in one case they were the kind of people who you just wouldn't think that they would get that kind of stuff. Yeah. You meet a very interesting range of people in social housing work. Um, I mean in some cases like tragically so, really tragically so. But they just had a feel for their house that it was that it wasn't a you know, that it needed the ventilation. So they mm. did it and they ventilated appropriately. Those places which were inherently leaky, they were they hated it because they knew it was drafty. They were cold because it was drafty. They were closing up all the ventilation and they had mold problems as a result because they didn't, you know, the the vent the the poor stuff was not where they really wanted it to be. You know, the the holes were not given the ventilation in that room. So they were just, they were closing it all down because it's drafts. Um, And then the backs of their cupboards were then, you know, were were moldy and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's like I say, it's a kind of inconvenient truth.
3: Yeah.
2: You need, if you're going to bend, if they're going to, ventilate if you're going to build tight you need to ventilate right um but that does mean that we we depend on the technology and that there's an energy cost Um, but it it also means that you have to you know you have to pay for decent ventilation as well and that's Mm. so it's it's something that people is just not on their radar people get that they have to pay for a heating system they don't get they have to pay for a ventilation system and so they balk at the kind of costs of decent ventilation but then when they pay for indecent ventilation they turn them off because they're too noisy or they yeah. break and they don't replace them. And then they complain because they've got mold and, or they don't know that they're like sleeping in very high CO2.
3: Why is it that you test at 50 pascals? What is that? <laughs> I don't what know. What is that creating? Is it? Cause I, I had a, an inkling that it might be, uh, that that's the pressure that like a big storm could create.
2: It's, it's a very small pressure difference. Right. It's I, tiny.
3: pressure is a very a pascal I've yeah knows what a pascal is in terms of yeah. Fiber. pascal
2: is um so i think we measure atmospheric pressure in hepto pascals i do anyway okay. and um which is hundreds and i i hope i've got this right i think it's a thousand so so it's it's, it's around pressure is, is around 990 between 990 and and 1,010, I rarely see it outside of that
3: uh-huh.
2: that range. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's heptopascals, not killer hepto I don't know why that is. I think that might be because it's similar to another one of the. There's a lot of metrics for pressure. You've got millimetres of, of mercury, yeah. which is, you know, kind of old school. And then you've got bar, and then you've got PSI, pounds per square inch. Yeah. So I think hectopascals is is the same as one of those, and I forget which one it is. Um, but yeah, so atmospheric pressure is then a hundred thousand pascals.
3: Right, so, oh, so 50, fifty. It's really
2: fifty pascals is 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 a tiny pressure difference. Yeah, so it's just a pressure difference that you're getting, and, and it's, why and it's a set
3: in stone, you know. Be...
2: Well, it well it is for blower door testing, and mm-hmm. I think probably the reason. For it is is um although it's a tiny difference, um so we we're required not to go above. I should know all this stuff really well. I think it's eighty. Well, no, we, we get a bit of a red flag on software. It's eighty. I think you know really don't want to go over hundred because you can start blowing things. Like you know, you breaking the tape. Well, more no more of like things in things in houses that that you don't want to break. Like, um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Can't think of an example. The sort of stuff that's meant to stay tight doesn't stay tight, doesn't stay tight anymore. Yeah. At that at that kind of level. Um, and then if you get really low, atmospheric conditions start to play a much bigger part. So when you do a test, and your your guy will have done this probably, hopefully, um, a proper regs test. You actually don't do it just at fifty. You do it at a range. You start at kind of seventy-five, and then you work down through a whole load of re- of them. Okay. Of he rate. was
3: adjusting a little. Yeah. Fantastic. So you do a minimum
2: of eight and they've got yeah. to have a certain spacing and it has to go through 50 and then that gives you a graph and the graph is sort of normalized. And so the point where that cross is 50, that is the at 50 choice. Yeah. Uh, Whereas I what quite a lot of the time when I'm not doing a certified test, I use a cruise method where my fan can kind of maintain 50. And so it fluctuates and tries to constantly to maintain it. And then I run it for like 10 or 15 minutes and it averages mm-hmm. it all out. And so I get I get an answer that's close. It's a lot easier to do. And it means you can run around finding where all the mistakes are and, and do yes. that. Um so I, I suspect that the reason is that it's nicely in the middle of the range between not being too badly affected by atmospheric conditions and not causing a problem.
3: Got you. Yeah. Cause I did when I after I'd fixed some of the the leaks, um, I put both of my fans on my MVHRs onto extract. And yeah. I was thinking am I going to break things by doing this I I imagine the pressure that they could create uh isn't going to be big enough but it certainly I could still feel a little a little gap that I then closed
2: up right it was quite, yeah. quite useful for So you put them on to it. boost yes so put them exactly boost. yeah yeah So I mean, I can tell you what so your permeability was 1 and
3: uh, 0.99 actually so- sub one
2: yeah your point was sub one so that's and your internal surface area is 74 Yeah. so your your the flow rate was just over 74 meters cubed an hour okay the flow rate divided by the surface area is the permeability
3: yeah
2: yeah so yeah that i mean my mvhr does 167 much bigger place obviously Uh uh-huh um that's and and that's at, you know, whatever it is, thirty percent, that's not its boost rate. So yeah, there's a there's a good chance that you're I mean, I don't know without knowing the the units. Mm. But that that's seventy-four cubes an hour is, is, is a it's a bit of a trickle to a you know to a decent ventilation system.
3: Yeah. yeah um, great. Yeah. I I mean I was concerned about it going too far. I didn't want to start breaking. It,
2: it wouldn't have broken anything, but yeah. you could, if you've got a smoke pen.
3: Mm, I got some smoke matches, which I found
2: were over the top. <laughs> they, okay, too much they, smoke.
3: Yes, too much smoke.
2: Yeah. So they do one that's more like it looks like a pen, and it's got a wick in it, mm. and you can kind of click a bit out and it, and you set fire to it and then blow it out and it, and it kind of glows and gives you a bit of a, uh-huh. a you know, few pounds. um So you probably got enough flow on the on your extract that you could test your stove yeah yes um it is better doing it the other oh can you you can't boost the supply can you uh yeah
3: yes yeah i can set my units to when they go on boost they can either go extract or supply
2: right so you want to pressurize it because you'll see the smoke it's a bit easier to see the smoke disappearing into the crack than it is yeah you can still sort of see it getting blown by the, the air coming into the room yeah but yeah it, it's sort of nicer to see that there's a the smoke oh it's, it's it's going yes you know so it's going through the crack yeah so you know get yourself a little smoke pen put your fans on supply boost uh their max and then um and there's you know have a go around see if you can find anywhere that's that's leaking
3: great so i was surprised that the Veluxes, my single yeah. single Velux, there was a leak coming from the actual window itself And I was pretty miffed at that, I thought. uh... I would be too. And is that like. Are they
2: made by Villers? Yeah. Yeah. It's FACRO, isn't it? FACRO, 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 FACRO. What does that mean? Sorry.
3: I don't know what that means.
2: FACRO is the the kind of go-to manufacturer.
3: Oh, as in like the ones I should have got? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's, um, well, you know, lessons learnt. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah yeah it's, it's probably not a major deal
3: yeah I, as that I, well i've only done a winter so far and i you know i'm very um
0: we'll be back after a quick break hey there i'm mick from the mick and pat show that's right and i'm pat looking for a podcast that's like catching up with the old friends well you're in luck we're here to bring you weekly doses of lifestyle commentary discuss culture and politics and top it off with the occasional beer and film reviews But it's not just about us. We're a community. Our listeners are our kin, and we let you all have a say in what we discuss. So saddle up and join the conversation at the Mick and Pat Show. You can check out our website or find us wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm sure you, yeah, it's a small place, you know, it's a small place. And, you know, I I can only reiterate, better than one, and, you know, given that you found five findable leaks mm. you know you're definitely better than one and it, you know it'd be lovely to know how much better than one you are but yeah we'll have to wait and see if that transpires um and, and by the way it's very hard to test that low
3: what do you mean um, what why is it well
2: well because you've got to get a fan that's only delivering less than 74 meters cubed an hour right and you saw the size of the fan that guy was using right yeah so yeah it gets the the lower the the slower the fan's going. Fan, <laughs> the the slower the fan's going. Again, the more susceptible it is to kind of atmospheric changes. Right. You know, they kind of get more challenging. So yeah, I'm going to get myself a smaller fan. And he'd have been putting rings. Did he have a yellow and a red one, or did he have a black and?
3: Black? He had two different rings. He tried tried different ones. Yeah, oh, I mean, that was my first question because I'd seen I think Nick Grant mentioned somewhere on Twitter like you know, people laughed at me for having my small fan. Yeah. Uh, and so that was my first question to my air tester was, you know, this is a very small house.
2: Are you going to be able can to do
3: you, it? Can you do it? And he was like, yeah, no problem.
2: Uh, let me get my uh, get my manual out. So I've got a... um got hey, a, that. It's like... It's um, a hand. So it, um, for, for testing, you use the software and all this stuff, but it has actually got a thing that it, it shows you what the it actually doesn't do it on flow rate it's not measuring a flow rate Uh um it's measuring the pressure in the fan that's
3: why they're poking that little thing outside
2: uh that's yeah that's so that's the reference so it's it's reference because it's a pressure difference Mm. so um the 50 inside and outside so you've got one pressure inside and so it's actually you're doing two pressures two pressure differentials it's a manometer which a manometer is It measures pressure difference um so it's it's two channels so one is measuring the difference between inside and outside and you know it's trying to get that to 50 or whatever it is you're trying to get it to and the other one is the difference between the fan and outside and um oh sorry the fan and inside if you depressurize the fan and outside but anyway it's the Mm -hmm. fan against the reference and and then the fan is calibrated against that pressure so it's been to a lab and they know how much air is delivering at that pressure with that given ring. So mine's got a whole bunch of rings. I've got five rings on mine. And it's got, I have mine calibrated to the two extra very, very tiny rings. It's just like got a little hole in the middle of it. We have to do something a bit funky and extra. Um, and then in here, it's got a, um, in my manual, it's got a thing that shows me what um, what what air is delivering for that um for that pressure. Uh, unfortunately, in cubic feet a I minute mean, because it's American. So you have to kind of convert, <laughs> which is slightly, slightly annoying, but um, yeah, I'd, I, I would have been able to do it. Yeah. You would be able to do it on D or E, but would you be able to do it on, on the, most people don't calibrate those rings because they never ever end in a situation where they'd ever need them. Ring C. Yeah. Nowhere near. Yeah. So there's absolutely nowhere near, Wait, right, Nowhere you'd get anywhere near it. 89. Is the lowest 89 times 1. 1.7 one of those useless numbers i know well, it's not it's useless to most people but converting from cubic feet a minute to meters cube an hour is 1.7 so yeah on a on a sort of normal rig that the lowest flow i could get to would be 151 right cubes an hour and so that would have been you know there's no it's, way it's I'd sort of been,
3: double double what yeah at 50
2: mean. and i'd have had to have got below 50 anyway to be able to do a sort of proper test so i you know i like i said i'd be using the the, the extra rings i expect that's what he was using but there's a good chance that his machine isn't calibrated for that because i very much doubt he's ever had those rings calibrated with right. his band because um yeah i mean not that that's likely to make a huge difference but it might make some difference of course it might make some some difference in 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 either direction but um mm. but it is a struggle for doing for doing small buildings and very very tight buildings, so I'm going to get yeah. I'm going to get another fan that they do a what they call a duct blaster. So it's for doing ducting systems, um, and they do some extra rings for that as well because it actually kind of delivers the same air as as this one because it's for very big uh-huh. ventilation systems. But they actually do some more more restrictive rings for it, so you can get it down a bit lower uh-huh. uh, for doing like these stupidly tight buildings. I've got a workshop that's 30 square meters. And I actually haven't retested it, but I tested it while before I'd taped the floor, I think. And I think I had my my son, who was six at the time, um, did some of the air did some of the taping. Uh, I got him into taping, and and he helped me do the air test. So we're going to retest it now that now that it's finished. Um, And I, you know, I struggled a bit with that. And I think I think I got it to about a similar. I I figured if I could get it to one, I'd be happy. So Mm -hmm. I think you know, I think you should be really happy with one. I think it should be really good. Yeah. Sub one. Yeah. Sub one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why do you pressurize
3: and depressurize? You mentioned earlier. That- yeah.
2: So some holes, some leaks have different characteristics. And the, the most classic example I can give you is um, a loft hatch. So okay. If, yeah. If you pressurize, depending on the way the loft hatch closes, actually, but most conventional loft hatches, um, they sit down on, they use gravity, basically, don't they? And they're not clamped. So if you pressurize, um, there's a chance that it slightly lifts that up. So it'll be worse. Whereas you depressurize, you're sucking it closed, and it's actually artificially better than it would be in ambient conditions. So that's why it's required to do it both ways and there interesting is. it's interesting like quite a few of the passive houses i've done recently there's been a noticeable difference between them mm. and and so it's you average them uh, and and in both cases that i can think of it was a bit hard to work out why
3: right you couldn't find the couldn't the find offending.
2: couldn't find if anything right no. we're talking about tiny margins that's the problem it's, you know when we're down at those kind of
3: that, when so when i was wandering around trying to trying to find my little leaks yeah the the breeze is very, very minimal. Like when you're down at the sort of point.
2: Well, the breeze is still the same. The breeze is is still the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just less of it. Less of them, less of them.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, and the breezes get smaller, the the bigger the holes get.
3: Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. So the the worst holes, the biggest holes are actually quite hard to find.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Oh well, that makes me feel better.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it also probably means if they were, you know, if it was small holes that it was like whoosh, coming through, it's probably not going to yeah. make a huge difference to your result.
3: Right. Got you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> this is a lot more. But you know, don't worry about it. Sit back and relax and enjoy your abnormally airtight home. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the guy
3: when he tested it was like, "Whoa, I've never seen anything this good." And he was like, yeah, I should pack up yeah. and go home. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to find all those little leaps.
2: And that's the thing. They're not interested in it. And I get, you know, I get, um, yeah, I, I've got a sl- slightly snooty. I, I had, a, there was a couple of jobs. There was a job I really wanted to do in Manchester because it was people that I, I knew, um, but there was a QS involved and, and I, I, you know, I was outpriced. Um, and then they were really unhappy with the job. The QS wasn't, he didn't care. Um, but the people that I was, you know, the architects that I was doing it for, were like, we, we didn't really get what we wanted out of the process. Yeah, you know, we got a number, and and we're not even that confident about that.
3: that I mean, that's exactly how I feel.
2: <laughs> so I, you know, I, um, yeah, I do sort of stress to people now, you know, and I, and I had it, and again, I sort of, like had somebody who'd been priced, somebody who was local. Quite a lot of times, I'm going quite fast, and so travel is the thing that makes a difference. Mm. But I, you know, I do. Yeah, I can't do volume. I can do it a lot quick doing those social housing. I can get in and out damn quick now. But you know, I can't really do it without having an interest in what's going on. Yes, <laughs> it's difficult for me to turn that function off in my brain. Um, You know, it's it's just it's just all part of it, and it's that's why I say, you know the guy that you did, he'll have just done completion tests. Yes, he does. I think so you know, yeah. so it's, it's, it's too late to do anything about it. I, I don't get it as a principle. It's, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Let's find out how bad it is after we can do anything about it. Yeah,
3: he he said his normal time is twenty minutes just to to do
2: the test. God, it takes me that long to set up. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're so cheap. You know, how much did you pay? Two hundred and fifty. Bloody hell. Yeah, I mean that's cheap. That's a lot cheaper than me. Is it? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah,
3: I'd I'd probably have preferred to spend more and got like a Gervais level.
2: Uh, yeah, spend. I think you know. I sort of do do it a bit on complexity um yeah, the travel would have cost you more, but I sort of local tests around yeah no and i, I tend to do them in packages as well, mm-hmm. so I'll do them as you know I'll do two tests and then you have to measure it at once, that kind of thing and also I'm familiar with the building or whatever or just you know a bit of kind of bog off yeah um not bog off but bog bog, a cheaper <laughs> um a catchy phrase. it's not going to catch on is it (laughs) um yeah but you know a hundred pound more than that i you know plus the travel yeah so you know if i was nearby it would have cost you you know it probably wouldn't actually it probably would have cost you not much more than that i think yeah if you're not putting the effort in to find stuff um and and also you get a written report as well as your software report from me as well you get a kind of a bit of analysis on it Mm. um and, you know, and you get your volumes and your and your flow rates and your kind of all that stuff in it. And you get the, you know, written out where the leaks are. And...
3: Mm. All of this stuff, which I just assumed would be standard. So it yeah. Was a, it was a, a good learning uh, opportunity for me, that.
2: Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, it's assuming. So often you don't know to ask the questions. No. You know, you don't find out what the questions are until afterwards. Yes, know,
3: so. exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah. But now we can yeah.
3: pass all that knowledge on to the the listeners
2: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs>
3: yeah yeah I, the other thing that i found quite alarming was that there was a couple of places that i could have chosen that offered a uh a no pass no fee guarantee on their uh their air tightness testing which just seemed like well it just seemed like you're setting up to to like fudge the test yeah and it's, it's that sort of different mentality you and i want to make the best buildings possible and other people want to you know, yeah. do the least amount to get through the regular yeah
2: it's just a tick it's a tick to Say it's you know i mean this i yeah i could talk about this stuff endlessly up until the regs change coming about now it wasn't required to test every building it's going to be required now to test every new build sorry every new build and bizarrely extension i don't know how the hell they're proposing that's going to work but um extensions are supposed to be tested too
3: right what would you seal off the rest of the building?
2: Yeah, so like loads of extensions don't have a seal off, do they? No. You know, they're kind of open plan. Let's have an open plan extension to our kitchen. You know, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to work. But um, so on developments, there was this kind of equation, like every type there had to be two or half, which was ever the least, something like that. Done. So every end terrace that was the same, you had to have two of them done. Every terrace. And every one of the rest of those that wasn't tested got their in their SAP count get put in for two points worse. So you know if the if the house was the one they tested was three, Mm -hmm. then all the others are going at five. Okay. And the idea was that the testers were supposed to choose the house at random, but in reality, my understanding is, and I'm don't I've never operated in this world, but my understanding was that what happened quite a lot of the time was they'd turn up, and the developer would say well, that's, that's the one that's ready. Yeah. So, you know,
3: they were led to choose reality, the, the one, the one building that they could.
2: Yeah. Which they'd gone, you know, which they could have gone to town on. Mm. So in reality, you really don't know what the others were like. They could be literally anything, you know, probably not 30, but because um, I think you'd have to work really hard to get <laughs> yeah. a house, normal house to an airtightness of 30. I think The worst I've seen is a flat that was 22. Wow. Um, yeah. That was social housing as well. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was because the suspended timber floor, so it was a middle mid-floor flat mm. and the suspended timber floor, I think they must have had some problems, but I went outside and there was like well, it was on a little outrigger, so it was a tiny little thing. And all the way around the interfloor void, there was just like tens of air bricks around, around the outside. Right. So there was just it was it was basically just a massive hole into the into the floor space. And it was very small. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that does sound a bit alarming. No pass, no fee. But I think that sort of stuff's going to change.
3: So is it changing July? Yeah.
2: And pulse testing is coming in now. So that's a totally different way of doing it. It's some It's a kind of ultrasonic, I think. Okay. And it's done at four. Is it pulse? I don't know. I don't know enough about it, actually. But there's two things that I don't like about it. Um, one is that there's uh, three things. The first one is, It's not what I do. So, (laughs) and the other two are, I, I, what I gather is it's it's a bit difficult to compare. Mm -hmm. So, that that instead of being 50 pascals, it's four pascals. It's a bit, apparently, there's algorithms that have been developed so that you can kind of say, okay, what would it be at 50 then? But that's still a work in progress, as I understand. And they're kind of changing those algorithms um, as we speak, still, you know, they're going to go through it as a learning, even though it's been accepted as a yeah. you know it can be a regs test now but the other one is that you can't use it as a diagnostic
3: right yeah it doesn't
2: it doesn't give you that at all um so in order to do your diagnostic you don't need a result for your diagnostics and that's why nick made his fan the way he did it mm-hmm. and i think mike whitfield's got a fan and um and I, know, I know a couple of other people are getting a fan just just to depressurize the house pressurize the house and go around and sort of find stuff you know yeah um, it's nice to have the number because otherwise you don't really know what you found and what you've made it better to. So, so yeah, it, to me, every house should be tested not once, but twice. Um, because it, by the time it comes to a completion test, it's too late to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd said that in that piece now. The problem is, is that's expensive.
3: The testing twice.
2: Yeah. Was, you know, it's already expensive testing every single building once. Testing twice adds more costs. You know, and developers are always like, I mean, we're just talking about the scale stuff here. It doesn't matter for one-off buildings, they, you know. But for scale builders, they're like, Not more, bro, and it's difficult to sequence it as well because you know you've got to have the air t- in order to test it. It's you know, what you're testing is the air tightness layer. Mm. It's, we've seen on this social housing stuff. I've gone up to do four or five, and they're supposed to have got X, Y, and Z done. You know, the windows are supposed to be in whatever you know it's supposed to be done and you've got to get five of them done so that you can do them all at once otherwise you're backwards and forwards and you know but because you want to be able to do something about it you can't have done the next stuff that covers it up so it is difficult but you know if we want good performing houses we haven't even touched on how you know the, the problem of it's not just about the energy loss um, leak air leaks into buildings let's let's moist air into mm. insulated. You know, you've got condensation risk, structural, you know, especially in timber frame. You know, so it's not just about it's not just about energy.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
3: Brilliant. thank you gervais uh that is three monster episodes uh so much information so pleased uh, that we could get you on and uh, and chat through this stuff um and personally you know this uh, certainly this last episode i mean it felt like a little bit of a, a free consultation session for me um so thank you very much for that one of the perks of being a podcast host i guess A reminder that I am taking a little break um, from the podcast, from just the life in general. I'm going to go on a big bike ride. And uh, yes, so there'll be a little delay before the next episode. Um, Reminder again that there's the Pack Basket competition. Uh, Get yourself into the draw for one of those if you become a Patreon supporter in august of 2022 and if you have a chance share this episode share the podcast say nice things and let's see if we can get more people learning how to build sustainably um that is it be happy i'll be back soon cheers everyone
1: even on a budget quality is non-negotiable